Hello, and welcome to the third season of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you deepen your faith, build stronger relationships, and do the most with your life in Christ. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back to the program. Today's episode is titled, Living in Fear. I have been wanting to record this thing for months, and somehow I just keep talking myself out of it, but I could do that no longer. We need to discuss the power of fear in our lives, and we need a clear understanding of how to identify when something has captured us in such a way that it is controlling us through the factor of fear. Because of all that is going on in this present time, you probably think this is going to be some form of a chastisement of people. People in the church and the way they've let fear dominate their lives. As if the true episode title today is Stop! living in fear. And look, that's probably the episode I would have recorded a few months ago, but today our approach is much more optimistic than that. We will look at all of those different things and how it has affected even God's own people, but I am convinced beyond a shadow of any doubt that living in the proper fear of God, understanding the magnitude of the power of God, and being completely captivated with Him is the fundamental Christian key to overcoming all of those carnalities, worries, anxieties, and fears that we're facing in this life. And to be fair, they are pretty gnarly. I do want to be clear on that, and maybe I'll go ahead and take a few minutes and share with you the fears in the flesh that have had such a dominating effect on even people in Christ. Because I want you to see, we're not minimizing the frightening nature of those things. We are maximizing God. We are extending our concept of God in a way that at least begins to capture His might. And we're using the greatness of His power and our deepening and increasingly emotional fear of Him, we're using that as a clarity mechanism so we can handle all of these other things. What are some of these other things? I believe you can break it down into three categories. The first one is health and safety. We are afraid of getting sick. We are afraid of dying. I am. Maybe you are as well. So this entire COVID-19 pandemic and all of the things associated with that from the safety precautions to the vaccine to the time we spend with or without people we love, there are many decisions that have been made, but they really boil down to nobody likes to get sick, nobody likes death, and no one wants that sorrow in their lives. Most of us live in fear of that. The second category is the government. It's freedom and patriotism and 
the direction that our country is headed and the election last year and everything that's happened since that day, there is a fair amount of trepidation or anxiety even among God's own people about what's going to happen in our country. Some are downright afraid of what this will mean for their freedoms, for their children, for their livelihood, for their right to bear arms, or whatever it might be. We look at nations of old and some of the ways that they failed to protect the innocent, and we saw how God crumbled those nations, and we're looking around, and it is getting frightening. I feel that. Don't you? And that leads me to the third category of carnal fear, the first one being health and safety, the second one about our government and our freedoms, and then related to that, I would say persecution and even martyrdom specifically for our faith. Have you seen how things are changing in this life? I am scared for my kids if they choose to say the name of Jesus to simply recite the words of the master, it could cost them. It probably will. That's scary to me. Now, before we bring all of this back around to God, let me just say that Scripture is very clear when it comes to all of the things that I just laid out for you. Do not fear those things. Jesus said exactly that in Matthew chapter 10. We do not fear those who the worst they could do to us would be to take our physical life away. We are kingdom citizens. We see things in a spiritual way. Do not fear. In Revelation chapter 2, they were told not to fear even though they would face persecution and death. In Philippians 4, the Bible says to be anxious for nothing. Let not one thing take you away from a thankful, appreciative, confident spirit in Christ. And he talks about the power of prayer in all of that. But to me, it seems a little more complicated than that. I don't fear them. God told me not to fear them. But I have fears related to them. Sickness and death, the government, oppression, How do we handle all of that? How do we know when it's moved past reasonable concern and into the territory of defying the will of Jesus? That's not always easy, is it? So how do we know? How do we know when we've let COVID have too much power? How do we know when we have let the government have too much power? How do we know when we have let those even in our own family who persecute us verbally for our faith, that they have too much power. That's what I want to help you with. And I hope I've given you the key word to unlock it. That word is power. When we talk about living in fear of God, it is a recognition of his power, and it is the humility to give him that power in controlling and dictating our lives. I'm convinced there are levels of fear when it comes to God. There are those who understand that there is this mighty creator and they are in awe of that. Wow, that is really amazing. But it doesn't mean you've given him power in your life. Once you begin to understand that he is a universe builder, 
that he has built the expanse of things beyond our wildest imagination, that he built this solar system for us, the sun and the earth and everything around us, and he built you and me, and he has the ability to bring it into existence, and all that is natural he has promised to one day destroy. When I start to capture even a piece of that, and I begin to not just be in awe of this God, but to be completely humiliated in front of him by comparison. I am nothing before this great God. It is a reverence. It is a respect. It is a recognition of absolute domination. And when I begin to see how big he is and what he can do, I ought to come to a point of living in fear where I say, God, anything you say, I will do. And there is not a thing on this earth that has the right to take power over my decisions. Not myself, not some virus, not some government, not some family member. They are nothing. They are powerless in comparison to you. Maybe you see where I'm going here, but if you want things of this world to have less of an influence in your life, you need for God to have a greater influence in your life. Somebody may say, well, what do you mean by fear God? Do you also mean terror? Do you mean that you are frightened of God? I used to say, no, no, that's not what it means. I think any definition you can come up with concerning fear of something great That's what I have concerning God. I don't mean that I walk around terrified that he's angry with me or going to punish me, but I am petrified of what it would be like to face this universe builder having lived outside of his will. And that's the kind of power created by true fear. We respect his amazement so thoroughly that we just want to be with him and honor him. And we live with this peril, this dread in the back of our minds of what life would be like without him, subject to his destructive power. So you see, it's not about a history lesson on the limitations of a government's power to destroy. It's a biblical lesson on the power that God has to destroy which is the point Jesus was making in Matthew chapter 10. So how does all of this relate to that list from earlier in Daily Things? Well, let's talk about health and safety a minute. I understand that people are getting sick from COVID-19 and some people are dying in the same way that they're getting sick from cancer and some live, most live, and some die. I understand when inclement weather comes in and the ice is on the road that there's danger and precautions need to be taken. I am frightened somewhat of the prospects of those things, but they have no power over me. They do not have the power to dictate what I do or do not do. God dictates what is right and what is not right, and honoring his laws will always be right. And under the confines of that, if I can also take some precautions here and be more careful there, that's what I'll do. The same is true in the other two categories, with our government and the direction that it is heading or the potential persecution that Christians might face. I'm raising kids. I love them. I will try to protect 
them. I will do everything I can to keep them from suffering. And I am afraid or anxious that I may not do a perfect job with that. But I cannot give them power. I mean the government, or I guess my kids as well. I cannot give anything the power to decide what I will say or not say, where I will go or not go, or how I will live, except God, because I live in fear of God, and I manage the difficulties of everything else. So that leaves room for reasonable behavior, things that maybe some people would even call compromises. But remember, you don't answer to those people either. You will answer to the God who made you, and consulting Him first and often, and measuring every decision against His presence and His glory is the only way to manage these other things. All right, with about five minutes left, let me face my biggest challenge today. Very few people think they are out of balance on this. I see Christians making highly questionable, carnal decisions, and yet they think they are operating in the perfect fear of God. How can we get people to reevaluate? How about you or me? Let me tell you a quick story from the book of Jeremiah. The Israelites were in a bad place in Jeremiah 41. Nebuchadnezzar had ravaged the city. They were greatly frightened that he would come back at any time. He had put a man in charge of Jerusalem while he was gone, and one of the other citizens had just killed that guy and tried to take everybody over. Now they were double scared, scared of Nebuchadnezzar when he heard about it and scared of this guy. They were facing heavy, fleshly, carnal fear, and so they did what most people do. They had a quick, initial, carnal reaction to that fear. You're physically scared, you make a physical decision. Someone is chasing you, you decide to run. One thing leads to the next. They did that, and they decided to go to Egypt. Never mind that that is almost always the wrong thing to do in Israel's history. It made the most sense to them. You've probably done something similar. When you heard about COVID in your community or your church, you made a decision on how you were going to deal with that physically. When you heard about the election, you made a decision. When you felt persecution by someone you love and a relationship was threatened, you decided to do something about that. Most of us become married to that decision. You cannot separate someone from their carnal reaction to, well, save their lives. And that's what I want you to reevaluate. These earth-based reactions you've made, can we ever reevaluate them? Is it even possible that that was a mistake? The story from Jeremiah helps with this. After they decided to go to Egypt, they called Jeremiah and said, would you go pray to God for us? We need God's help. God is powerful. And whatever God tells us to do, we'll do it, whether we like it or not. So Jeremiah goes to God, and God tells him what to do. He comes back, and he says, all right, guys, even under threat of Nebuchadnezzar and others, God said, do not go to Egypt. So to be clear, God specifically told them to do the opposite of their carnal reaction. They claimed humility 
We believe in the power of God. Direct us. But what would they do when it meant defying their own thinking? Maybe you know what happened. They went to Egypt anyway. They found a way, and you should read it. They twisted Jeremiah's words. They put the blame on everybody else and found a way to justify disobeying what God said to do because they had become so, as I said, married to this carnal, relief, emotional decision. We're scared. We need to run to Egypt. You probably know how that worked out. It drove them away from God, or I guess you could say they willfully walked away from God. He said, I'll send Nebuchadnezzar and every other soldier I can find all the way to Egypt. He'll catch you there. You can't outrun me. You may think you can outrun him. You cannot outrun me. And you will learn your lesson once again. Can you see the connection here? They would have told you that they feared God. And maybe they did. But Nebuchadnezzar's army was the true power in their life. It pushed them and they ran. What if they had lived in complete submission and fear to the power of God and stood firm and stayed in their place, knowing that regardless of anybody else's actions, our God is greater? So if you would like to test whom you really fear, then look back over this last, I don't know, maybe just couple of months. The fears are still here, the government stuff, the virus things, church worship, evangelism, hospitality, whatever. I know there was some threat and you decided to either do a thing or not do a thing, and that becomes a very strong emotion. But would you go to God about that? You know, that's how the New Testament Christians did a whole lot better than those Israelites. They were scared too, threatened in much the same way. But they ran to the brethren. They wanted to be with God's people, even though it made them a target, so they could pray to God together, Acts 4, proclaiming the majesty of the Maker and knowing that as long as they were together and they were praying to Him, and they were listening for his direction and honoring it, no matter what, they would be close to God. And that is the only place to be. For some of them, it meant an extended life on this earth and safety. For others, they died. But that was the worst the world could do. It could not rob the faithfulness of their life from them, nor their reception of the spiritual blessings of God. Listen, it's a scary world out there, but it's not a powerful one, not to the Christian, not in comparison to God, because we are willfully and joyfully living in fear. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, Excel still more.